0: Welcome to episode 9 of Captain's Log Engaging Ideas. In this episode, we'll ask the question How then shall we engage? Pun intended. Worldviews and opinions collide. This is an inescapable reality, and the notion that everyone and their views can each be equally correct is really just illogical. However, vitriol is not the way forward in discussing issues and faithfully pursuing truth. How then shall we engage? Christians can navigate a better path forward by engaging biblically, intelligently, and graciously. As we explore each of those points, I'll try to make practical application along the way. First and foremost, it's important for Christians to understand that they should engage issues and ideas biblically. Where does the framework with which we engage Scripture come from? If we are the originators of the interpretive framework, then don't we just create a cyclical system that gives us the interpretation we want or already subconsciously had? It seems to me that doing the hard work of rightfully dividing the word of truth has to begin with some presuppositions that transcend ourselves if we are going to arrive at a conclusion and interpretation that is more than the product of our opinions and biases. Everyone approaches issues with presuppositions. Admitting our own biases and being intentional about allowing Scripture to shape our thinking is essential. This leads to perhaps the greatest and simplest element of Christians engaging with others. The Bible is our sufficient, authoritative, and reliable source of truth and must be acknowledged as such. This is not popular, however, it is necessary if we are to transcend the limits of our finite reasoning and the noetic effects of the fall. As we contemplate how to engage biblically, there's there's several elements that we should also consider. Several trends that counteract this vital element for Christians engaging in ideas include biblical illiteracy, a lack of Christian worldview training, and churches neglecting ongoing discipleship and teaching towards maturity. We could take each of those and really do a separate episode on them all together. Biblical illiteracy simply means that we're in an upward trend of lack of truly understanding the narrative of Scripture, uh, the characters within Scripture, the truths that are revealed in Scripture, and... As never before, people in the general public have no biblical common ground, no biblical common ground in terms of language, no biblical common ground in terms of understanding theology, no biblical common ground in terms of understanding what it is that Christians believe. And believe it or not, that's even the case within the local church as well. There's also a lack of Christian worldview training, and so Christians in Our local congregations have essentially not been equipped to be able to bring the Word of God to bear on vital issues and to think through uh, various things in a biblical manner. And then, of course, churches neglecting ongoing discipleship and teaching towards maturity is an issue that we see as churches drift more and more towards a shallow theology, towards shallow discipleship, and towards shallow understanding of God's Word altogether. There's also an important shift that we should make in terms of the way we engage with God's Word, a shift in asking the right questions. So for example, instead of asking the question, is there a Bible verse that speaks to this issue, we should ask better questions like, what does the Bible as a whole teach that would influence my view on this issue? How do the character and attributes of God, all of them, shape the way I think about this? And how does the gospel relate to this issue? In addition to engaging biblically, it's also important for Christians to engage intelligently. In these days of polarized and relativized views, it is unwise for Christians to engage with others while uninformed. In addition to being biblically informed, which is our primary responsibility, we also need to be culturally, scientifically, politically, and philosophically informed. This isn't to say that those who lack training in philosophy, for example, should not have or voice their opinion. However, before doing so, they should be certain that their opinion is more than a reiterated view of a leader or a tired Christian catchphrase. When Christians articulate their views in a manner that is uninformed, they bring needless stumbling blocks to the conversation. Naturally, some will view a Christian's perspective as inherently uninformed, but this is the unavoidable and joyful call of followers of Christ. I'd like to share a quote here from Alfie Cone that's worth our consideration and should really drive us to think, especially as Christians, as we seek not to just reiterate or uh, to regurgitate tired, old, traditional ideas that we've heard from others, but to really engage and to think through what it is that we're saying and what it is that we believe. Cone wrote this in a book called Punished by Rewards, and in that he's actually addressing our educational system and the incentive-based paradigm that it employs. But nonetheless, it is applicable for us, and so I'll quote it now. Quote, There is a time to admire the grace and persuasive power of an influential idea, and there is a time to fear its hold over us. The time to worry is when the idea is so widely shared that we no longer even notice it, when it is so deeply rooted that it feels to us like plain common sense. At the point when objections are not answered anymore because they are no longer even raised, we are not in control. We do not have the idea. It has us. End quote. That's a powerful statement to really hopefully jar us into further consideration of how it is that we engage in these various areas in the public sphere when it comes to elements like science, or politics, or philosophy, or culture. We really need to think through not only what we're saying, but why we are saying what we're saying. We uh, need not to just articulate ideas that have come down to us that we've heard from other Christian leaders, but we really need to do the hard work of digging out for ourselves exactly what it is that we believe. As we think about engaging intelligently, Christians should be willing to do the hard work of following the facts wherever they lead so as to be educated on issues that we are speaking to. Now, ignorance will not do, and willful ignorance is totally unacceptable. I should clarify here that I don't mean that all Christians must become philosophers, apologists, or ethicists, nor do I mean to imply that the gospel alone is insufficient. What I do mean is is that to the degree that Christians engage with ideas in these spheres, they should be informed in those areas as well. Finally, Christians should also engage ideas in a manner that is gracious. It's quite amazing how simply stating words can spark stark disagreement, anger, and even hatred, but still not as amazing as grace. It is quite disheartening when Christians articulate their worldview and its implications devoid of the grace that transformed their lives. So, how can Christians disagree, stand for their beliefs, and honor God in the process? By engaging graciously. Admittedly, differing views of Scripture will lead to differing views on most issues. However, even in this, believers must be gracious in their articulation of defending Scripture and All issues shaped from that perspective. A few thoughts along these lines. Instead of fast-tracking the conversation or thread to accusations of heresy, try to understand the opposing position. We can often make it our first instinct or impulse to strike out at the person and accuse them of heresy when that's actually not a very accurate fit. Now, there very well may be times when heresy may be an accurate fit but we should use wisdom in in understanding how to engage with people along those lines. We should also try to engage with the person as cordially as possible. Uh, We should extend um, politeness, we should extend um, respect, we should extend an attempt at least to, to understand and represent their views well. We should also understand that more important than winning the argument is representing the truth well. Engaging the person in a hostile manner may win you a few points, but it may also misrepresent the gospel and actually undermine your ultimate cause altogether. You know, the case studies regarding how Christians should engage with ideas are really a constant barrage on our social media feeds. It seems like there isn't a day that goes by without some controversy and disagreement brewing within evangelicalism. A few weeks ago, one such issue was the Southern Baptist Convention and its motion to denounce the alt-right movement. Just today, it was the interview with Eugene Peterson where he changed his position on performing same-sex wedding ceremonies. At times, it feels as if we're on an evangelical merry-go-round of controversy that never stops. But Christians don't have to be ashamed of their confidence in God's Word or the beliefs that this forms. However, They should engage all issues in a manner that is faithful to Scripture, well thought out, and gracious to those with whom they engage. On this episode of Captain's Log, we decided to do something a little bit different instead of a typical Twitter poll like on previous episodes. We asked you to tweet using the hashtag CalvinistVacation, and so I'll share some of the top ones uh, that people shared. Emily Supermommy said, A trip to France to cosplay the Huguenot expulsion after the Edict of Fontainebleau. (laughs) Hashtag Calvinist vacation. Um, I myself, Calvinist Picard, said, opt for an intellectual and theological journey through soteriology. Five stops. John Wesley said, you've just been unconditionally elect. What's next? I'm going to Disney World. Grace Alone Gandalf said, Make sure everyone you meet knows you're a Calvinist and what it means to be on your hashtag Calvinist vacation. Calvinist Grouch said, Why won't Calvinists use a travel agent? Answer, Only God is sovereign to determine our destination. Superlap said, Wherever that may be, you like to visit the local churches and ask for their statement of faith. Calvinist Grouch Where do Calvinists go to relax? Answer, just kidding. We don't know how to relax. Calvinist Grouch said, Where will Calvinists never eat on vacation? Burger King, because no one gets to have it their way except God alone. I myself said, Do a summer anti-heresy tour in all the community vacation Bible schools. Grace Alone Gandalf said, Ask an Arminian what they want to do and then do the opposite. It's not up to them to decide on your Calvinist vacation. And Calvinist Grout said, Vacation destination? More like vacation predestination, am I right? I'd like to thank everybody for participating in the hashtag game. I appreciate everyone uh, chiming in there. I'd also like to thank you for taking the time to listen to Captain's Log and encourage you to take a moment to visit calvinistpacard.com while on the website you can not only listen to Captain's Log you can also take a look at the Captain's blog for the latest articles posted you can also visit the first contact page and leave your feedback on what you've read or what you've heard on the podcast you can find Captain's Log on iTunes as well and it would be super helpful if you would rate the show and also leave comments thanks again for taking the time to listen And I hope you'll listen again for episode 10.